Welcome back to Don't Got a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We are we are well into To Sleep in a Sea of Stars by Christopher Paolini. Long book, mm. but we're we're about a third of the way through. That's up to chapter eleven of part two. We have read up to part two, chapter eleven. And we're just gonna we're just gonna jump into it today. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting book so far with the combination of, of, mm, I'm going to say pop culture, science fiction that's being kind of combined Mm -hmm. here, because so far we've got a woman who's got like a Spider-Man Venom symbiote all over her that she got from doing like an alien in, and, and when I say alien, I mean like the movie Alien, where they go investigate this thing and a weird alien shoots up out of a egg sack and infests a crew member. Anyway, she's got this like Venom symbiote from an alien-esque exploration mission going around, going around the galaxy. <laughs> that's, that's true. I actually somehow had not made the connection to like Spider-Man and venom and that kind of thing but you're right there is a there is a little bit of a connection there the 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 main part of this connection though that i want to start with luke is how are these people not more careful Ooh, what, like, okay what people the okay i'm talking about the very beginning of this book where kira is going around this planet like taking samples and being so bored at everything around like Oh, there's some bacteria on that rock over there. Pretty sure I already know what it is, but I'll check just to make sure. Kira, you're in like an infinite universe where basically anything is possible. You have no idea what is possible out in the galaxy. And you're walking around like you own the place, like you know everything that's going on. <laughs> okay, I I will say... They have been on this planet for, like, several months by now. Luke, what? (laughs) Oh, you're right, Luke. They've been on an alien planet where no human has ever explored before that has existed for probably billions of years. And you're saying they've been on it a few months. They they pretty much got it all figured out. Okay, yes, but but I, I feel like... If you're, if you're concerned about, like, intelligent alien life. Okay, yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming that they've done a lot of exploration on this, right? Because they, like, they have, like, very advanced stuff. And that's, like, their whole job. Sure. Right? Yeah, it is. Great. <laughs> I, I imagine that they've done, like, that, that they're assuming that... If they were to see alien life, they would have seen it already. I I get that that's it's wrong. Like <laughs> it's a bad example because it ends up being wrong. Because but I crazy. kind of get I kind of get why they're complacent. I mean, okay, sure. It kind of because like there's not like food or anything. Like you would think that they would be finding like something. Yeah, but there could be like they don't even know like. In the infinite realm of the universe, there's no, you don't, 
There could be like sentient mattresses that are growing on a swamp planet somewhere. Okay, thank you, Douglas Adams, by the way. But there could be a sentient mattress somewhere that is just waiting for some human to stumble into its little cave and eat it. Like, they, you don't know the realm of possibilities. This is a problem of, like, you are assuming that everything is behaving in a similar way to the other places you've explored. When you're exploring, like, like... An infinite, a realm of infinite possibilities, essentially. Like, you can't know what is out here. Fair. The life, the life could be like a gas cloud that floats around. That's, that's true. I guess that the, the safety protocols should be, should be more strictly followed. Very unprofessional, I guess is what we're getting at here. Yes. I think that's true. I think in their complacency, they've become pretty unprofessional. I agree with you here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're kind of seeing the consequences of that. Right. Like right. their their fume hood is getting pretty crowded. <laughs> you know, I mean, a few accidents, maybe their lax safety protocols will now they've learned from their mistakes and maybe they're not going to make them again. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I'm saying maybe <laughs> Alan should have died here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Alan should have died. <laughs> we're coming out, we're coming out hot here. I like it. These people are <laughs> crazy. Um this whole Oh man, this was a while ago. This is a long book. So, and a lot happens. So, we're, we're going back to the beginning here. And when they, she does this whole thing, right? And then she's like, passes out and wakes up. And everyone's like, really pissed at her. <laughs> and it's like, seriously? <laughs> I feel like everyone, like one of my notes here was that everyone is weirdly hostile. Mm-hmm. Like way too hostile. Yeah. This, this Fizel guy is the worst. This guy sucks. And yes, everyone acknowledges it, but still at a certain level, everyone is kind of like, uh, you cost us our bonuses. And it's like, is no one realizing that like discovering this alien thing is worth you losing your bonuses? Like your bonuses aren't that big of a deal. (laughs) You have a regular paycheck. Yeah, but my kid wants the new PS42 this Christmas. And my paycheck's just not going to cover that, Luke. That's true. It's it's also, like, so obviously not her fault. This is the thing I keep coming back to. Like, her job is to go investigate stuff like this. They sent her out to go investigate what happened with the drone. And then as a part of her mission, they were like, hey, can you also please go check out this, like, rock formation? Either that or she was like hey, I should go check out this rock formation because right. that's like it, it was, my job. It would be like a dereliction of duty for her not to have gone and checked it out. Right. And then she gets like a traumatic injury. This is something where she's like in the hospital for four weeks and her coworkers are pissed at her. Why are you pissed at the company for not at like having good safety inspections? I think this is a this is a corporate oversight issue here. And like, I don't think it's an oversight by anyone. I think it's exciting. 
what are we doing? Like, this is cool. Why is there everyone? There's no like mention of how it's like super cool. Everyone's just like down in the dumps because yeah, yeah. their bonuses are gone. And it's like, are we ignoring the fact that there was like a super interesting like cave that was clearly built by aliens and like this would be obviously we can't go public with it but this would be like an incredible discovery like no excitement for this no you're right luke i just realized this is like this would be like if today there was an archaeological dig in the sahara desert and somebody fell into a hole and like got a crushed pelvis but in the process, they found out that aliens actually did help the Egyptians build the pyramids. And everyone was like, oh, dude, because of you, we had to stay here an extra four weeks and I'm not going to get my <laughs> bonus now. It's like almost exactly the same thing. Because before then, it's not like they had discovered, sure, they had the beacon or whatever. But like, one, you can't prove that that's necessarily alien. And... One, it could be like a fluke, right? But now that there's two, there's definitely cool aliens out there with this discovery. And you're pissed that the guy who found it, that the person who found it, got kind of hurt by it. It, You know what? Yeah. They all deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they've already died, Luke, when they, when they lost their sense of wonder at discovery. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, I think if there's anyone to blame other than our crew members, it's the like military for being like, hey, you guys keep this quiet. Also, we're not going to do shit for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. It was a keep quiet or else. It wasn't like keep quiet. Also, we do have a lot of resources. So here's some money for this great discovery. Please keep quiet. Right? Yeah. There was none of that. Do something. Right? You'd hope there'd be some, like, CIA cajoling here where they could be like, here's a sweet bonus from us, this secret government organization. Just keep this between you and us. Yeah. They can now be a a government employee, a secret government employee, get a little get a little salary to keep your silence. But also... You get you get phoned in to the occasional meeting about your discovery every now and then, right? Because maybe right. you have some insight. You, you're gonna, they're gonna want to talk to you at some point. Come on, come on. This is so true, Luke. This is so true. This this actually starts to build the foundation of a theory that I have. Mm. Because, granted, we're getting this book from a first person perspective. And, and I, you know how much I love to talk about an unreliable narrator. But perhaps people weren't as pissed at Kira as she thought they were. Perhaps some foreign influence on her mind wanted her to perceive the people around her as more hostile than they actually were. Okay. And this, I... fo- this foreign entity, Luke... The suit. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say something other than the suit, which would have been wild. Uh, but I will say that I had a similar thought when she's trying to escape from her like quarantine chamber. Because mm-hmm. 
because I wrote down like you got to just take one for the team and just like stay in quarantine and like die <laughs> because we don't know we don't know what's going to happen when you get out right you could be highly infectious you could have space like a space disease that you're going to give to everybody right but you're you don't like being cooped up for a little bit of time it wasn't even that long we know it wasn't even that long granted right. like so i she I, was getting thought, shot with lasers it doesn't sound great that's, that's true that part was rough but but it did seem like she was she was more willing to break protocol than she otherwise would have been which led me to think basically what you're saying mm-hmm. that the suit's doing a little bit of uh inserting some uh motivations and and thoughts in here the other the other place that i think the suit is having influence i'm pretty sure it's gaslighting kira because kira keeps talking about how guilty she feels for killing her whole crew and especially alan she feels really guilty and like she refers to it as like one of her sins like a past sin and it's like kira you wicked didn't do that like you didn't kill your crew you're, the suit did it. The suit is killing your crew. And you that's not you. Right. Yes. I think that I think that Kira is being gaslit a lot. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. We just talked about it. Her crew is like, you freaking suck for discovering these aliens. That's not her fault. Mm-mm. Uh and then we're now we're now getting that it's her fault for killing people are hurting people when it's really just her suit right right and luke i'll say this she seems pretty quick to start dating some emo dude called the soft blade right after he murdered her fiance (laughs) like she gets on the valkyrie and she's stuck she's stuck awake for like 60 days and develops this bond with the suit and i'm like uh why Kira, this thing like murdered people that you care about and you're giving it a name. You're trying to figure out its name? What what are we doing? Okay. Hmm. I'm I'm on the other side of you here. Oh my god. Okay. I'm Team Soft Blade. No! <laughs> How? It's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> Give me one of these. No. Luke, this is how you make a shrike, okay? No, here's the thing, Dan. Here's the thing. Okay. You can if you you've got two paths, right? Okay. You can either embrace it, try to figure out what's going on, get yourself some control, or you can try to struggle with it and not learn how to control it. It gets worse. How do you know it's gonna get worse? Well, I just I just think that if you if you embrace it. And you're you try to you befriend the soft blade a little bit. Maybe you can be like, "Hey, we're not going to kill that guy. <laughs> we're going to just hang out." Yeah. How but is- if you don't, if you don't have that connection, the soft blade sees some your friend make a quick movement. Maybe you're playing. Maybe you're playing basketball, and he puts a juke move in. Boom! Murdered. Okay, but it's it's still doing that. Like the last chapter, her. The soft blade stabbed a dude that she was just a little bit upset with. 
Okay, that dude <laughs> a little bit upset with. That dude headbutted her in the face twice in a row. Yeah, but like very like disproportionate response. <laughs> I mean, yes. She, like, yeah, you don't kill someone for like hurting you, but I don't know. She can't really control it, dude. This also, is like I this think is like you, a... I think you embrace it. No. I think you embrace it here. Luke, this is an alien life form. We have no idea what its goals or purposes are. We just know it's kind of powerful and it saved Kira's life a few times. But like, you why does she trust this thing at all? <laughs> okay, yes. The the like memories part the memories and all of that. Uh-huh. Sure. I, and... I, I get I agree with you that that you this is maybe a this is maybe a trust but verify <laughs> and it like apparently like apparently it allows her to like understand the language of this this alien fleet that's attacking of the jellies that are attacking we don't we have no way of verifying that that's what they're saying they could be like we need to save these humans from this hostile life form because it's going to destroy the galaxy. And so we need to do whatever we can to destroy it. Meanwhile, the suit's Ooh. like, hey, these jellies, they're trying to kill all humans, man. <laughs> they're bad. They're bad news, Kira. We don't know. And now it's sending her on a quest to find, like, an extremely powerful artifact that it's it, okay. Luke, this is the One Ring, and currently it's telling Frodo to march up to Sauron's tower. <laughs> and Frodo's like, "Yeah, it's the only way we can stop the orcs." Oh, okay. I I do agree with you, actually, that it, we can't we can't trust the soft blade. It's and everybody trusts it. The captain of that ship is like. I don't trust what you're saying. Let me jack in and see the memories. And he sees the memories and he's like, yeah, that soft blade thing, I'm into it. Looks cool. <laughs> seems powerful. I'm down. I, I will say uh, there's more like, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that, that shows that the, the jellies are not our friends. I mean, they are constantly attacking and uh not not trying to communicate at all mm -hmm. but luke imagine for a second that a disease popped up somewhere on the globe let's say in canada a bacteria or a virus something popped up in the population that convinced them that convinced people who were infected with it that they were fine but it was actually controlling them and making them do things that would eventually bring about the destruction of the world if it was allowed to spread. Like, and, and let's say like five other countries in the world knew it existed. They're going to do like whatever they can to keep it from spreading. Okay, we're, assuming, okay. we're assuming that the Xeno isn't contagious because we've yet to see any other signs of, of infection, but they couldn't even detect it you're so suspicious <laughs> you're so suspicious this is incredible 
I, I feel like I feel like if you're the jellies and you're trying to be altruistic towards our humans and stop this outbreak, this theoretical outbreak, oh, no, no, no. you try to do some kind of communication. I don't think they're trying to be altruistic. I, I think I might be mistaken. I think they're just trying to prevent it from getting out. And they're just willing to kill all the humans. To yeah, yeah. Out. They're going in with flamethrowers, just trying to burn everything before it spreads. But like, but like, if that's your point, you still, I think, I think you at least give a ch- give a try, right? Okay. Because like, trying to convince them to convince the humans that this is happening is is less effort than trying to eradicate all humans. Well, I don't think they're trying to... Here's the thing. I don't think they're trying to eradicate all humans. I think they're really just trying to find and kill this thing. And I think the reason why I mentioned, like, other countries knowing about it, I think these nightmares, which... We got to come up with a better name for these guys. That's pretty... Mm -hmm. Come on. Sure, they don't look great, (laughs) but, like, you know, that's just how they look. Why are we, bo- why are jellies we bo- for the other ones? <laughs> jellies is fine, but why are we body shaming aliens? <laughs> jellies is fine. Ah, they, it's not that bad, but nightmares is like clearly <laughs> negative. My point is, yeah, I feel true. like the jellies and the nightmares are just like terrified of whatever this, this Zeno or this this thing is and they're trying to keep it from spreading and that's why they're just burning everything they find to the ground i want to i want to briefly go back to you trying to defend the quote-unquote nightmares who come in murder everyone and like leave some horrific message that says like we're gonna murder all of you and you're like let's not body shame them (laughs) maybe it's their kink to murder all humans Okay, we don't know it's all of them. See, Luke, you're assuming that the actions of a few of these creatures are what all you're, of them want. You're, you're being absurd. You're being so absurd this whole episode. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> all right, I just, I just, I'm really, I'm really suspicious of of this this thing. I don't think we should trust it, and I don't. Uh, I think we need to slow down a little I think bit. It's, I think it's too cool not to trust. I think if you're Kyra and you're like, either I don't trust it and my life kind of sucks, or I'm a superhero. I, <laughs> I've gone superhero. Or you're the supervillain. Yeah, either I'm still going superhero or supervillain. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's not great, Luke. I'm not into that. Okay. I don't love not, it. Not into that. Uh, here's here's a question mm-hmm. to get us a little bit off of this topic. Mm-hmm. Implants that record everything you see or feel with other senses recorded. Do you get it or no? Oh, no. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Do you, wait, are you getting this? Are you considering this, Luke? No. 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 I don't get it. I don't get it. Here's, I've got too many memories that I don't want to remember. Think of, of think of how much worse it'll be when you're laying in bed, you can't sleep, and and these memories start popping up. But they're not just like the vague impressions of what happened. They're like word for word exact of the the most embarrassing things you've ever said, and you can feel everything about the moment. Like 
Everything is there. You feel the, like, anxiety that you felt when it happened. No. 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 Get that out of here. And it is mentioned that you can have memories removed because Kira mentions that she's seen people die before and she... She's never considered getting those memories removed, but it sounds like it's something you could do. This is also terrifying mm-hmm. because if people mm-hmm. can remove your memories, you don't know. You, you don't know what people have taken out. Ooh, you're saying you're saying people can hack in and remove exactly against your will. Exactly. If if people can hack into my like thermostat at my house, you know they're going to be able to hack into my neural implants and take my credit card mm-hmm. information and then delete the memory. Right, especially since it's connected to the web. Right, right. It's insane. No, thank you. I'm going to get some some horrible memories implanted. <laughs> what accident? Somebody's gonna... Someone's gonna someone's gonna get my password and just start making all of my good memories shitty. And they're going to hold your good memories hostage. They're going to be like, we've encrypted all your good memories. Give us 10,000 Bitcoin or we're going to just delete them. Yeah, that's tough. I don't want it. Oh, no. The other thing about it is, Luke, we have found the the future that every high school math teacher has warned us about. Because Kira is on Valkyrie. And she knows it's going to be like 67 days to her destination. And she's got 107 ration kits. And she's like, okay, I got to figure out, figure out if I can make this. All right, check my implants. Implant? Oh, oh no, my implants don't work. <laughs> How am I going to figure out if I can make it or not? Ooh. And she says she gets the, the ship to do the calculation for us. She gets Valkyrie to do the calculation for whether or not she can make it on her journey. This is basic calculation. This is like division, guys. Right. Yeah. This is why we got to learn how to do math without a calculator, Luke. This is yep. This is why this is why graphing calculators aren't allowed on your tests. You gotta you gotta be able to divvy up the ration packs for your for your space trip. It's not. It's not even that big of numbers. It's 107. Yeah, it was like 87. Yeah. It's like, come on. Get a piece of paper and get a pencil. Write it out. You can do it. Seriously. Luke, but real quick, how bad is it that when she said it was going to be like 67 or 87 days to her destination, I was like, oh, that's not that bad. I've been, I've been in quarantine for like six months. It's nothing. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but that would be she doesn't have she doesn't have the computer or books or anything. Okay, that's fair. But also it's only 67 days. Like, come on. All of my friends have been <laughs> That's a all, long time. All of my friends have been frozen in in carbonite for 6 months. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> that's a long time to not be able to do anything. To take okay. it. That's a long nap. <laughs> okay, you're, you're right. Taking. You're right. It is a long nap. It just it hit a lot less hard After, because of quarantine. Because we've been we've been locked up for like months and months and months. And okay. I was just kind of like, I think you're complaining a little bit, Kira. 
maybe you're maybe you're taking quarantine more seriously than the rest of us <laughs> you're you're sticking in your room and you're like not not uh connecting to the outside at I'm, all the only <laughs> the only entertainment i have is 24 7 loop of bach <laughs> and that's it and this podcast of course obviously yeah um okay yeah point is point is we're not doing the implants too risky definitely not it's a bad call well, really quick since we're since we're here uh since we're on the on the food rations this this one guy <laughs> is like about to get into cryo and he's like hey, if you get hungry just you know take off my arm take off my legs i don't care <laughs> do you and then he gives her finger guns and gets into cryo this is incredible <laughs> who is this guy Give I, me more. I love this guy this guy is my idol i think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially because i think i think this is an extremely aware move like i think he is very aware of his position and like this makes complete sense because the only way that they all survive is if Kira is alive and makes it to wherever they're going. So, of course, you'd be like, hey, it's actually not that big a deal to cut off my arms and legs because I've already got them. I've already got new ones put back on anyway. So, like, <laughs> definitely eat them to survive. Definitely eat them. My leg, it's got a little chorizo seasoning in it. <laughs> I was thinking ahead in case this exact situation happened. Just, just take them. I don't, it's, I would rather live. Yeah. So I think if you've already lost an arm and a leg and they're like, we can give you another one. Do you ask for it to be, I don't know if season is the right word. Do you but ask like, for like barbecue flavor? easier to like, to like cut off and eat. Um, right? Because like it's already happened once. So yeah. you're like, maybe, you know, next time, next time I want it to be like a lizard's tail where if I want it, yes. I just break it off. And it I, doesn't like, I'm not sawing. <laughs> I want the bone to have a perforation in it <laughs> where I can just kind of snap to. it. Have it have it be a push to connect, you know? I feel like at the very it's least, easy. the prosthetics in this world have got to be way better, though, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like if you get your one of your arms or legs taken off, there have got to be better alternatives than just put the old meaty bits back on. You're you're saying you d- you wouldn't choose a flesh arm. You would get like a super cool robot arm. Yeah, give me like a Luke Skywalker arm, like a metal guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I think. I think so. I think so too. I'm on board. Grant there. it, and then you could just like, I don't know, duct tape some salami to the outside of it, and then you have the same exact benefit. <laughs> This <laughs> duct taping salami is the same thing. I no, I agree. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. Oh, this is stupid. Uh, <laughs> speaking of something else that's that I felt was kind of stupid, the captain of oh, what was the name of the ship that they blew up? It was the extenuating circumstances. So she, the captain of that ship, is talking to Kira. And Kira's got to make, like, a tough decision. And the captain tells her to grow a pair. And it just really, like, 
it really hit me the wrong way. <laughs> it really like made the point that it totally does not make sense, guys. Okay. So are you are you coming down on the like it doesn't make sense part or are you coming down on the uh like like uh sexism toxic masculinity kind of thing yes so both right because on the one hand it's like these women are already like doing all the hard stuff like i don't think they need a pair of testicles to make tough decisions like in that respect it just doesn't really make sense like it's not like there's a man who's over here being like we gotta leave him and get going and then spits into a jar like that's not the situation. It's two women who are, like, making the tough decisions, and one of them says to the other, grow a pair. It doesn't make sense, okay? But then on a deeper level, exactly this, is it's, like, incredibly sexist. Is, like... Right. Wh- what about that? Women can be tough, too, is right. what you're trying to say. Just, t- just tell her to toughen up. Like, why do you have to make it about testicles? <laughs> it's always about testicles, Dan. For me, for me, this hits so hard in the like, clearly this is sexist language that just doesn't even make sense in this context. Why are we using it? Please stop using it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm. Let's stop now so that we don't have to deal with this when it, uh, when we get to this uh, circumstance. <laughs> I don't know. I agree. I agree. Just say toughen up. Say what you mean. Or use a better, yeah. uh, use a better idiom, maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's get, yeah come up with new ones i'm on board i so there's this when she gets onto the new ship the the like wallfish or whatever it's called mm-hmm. there's a like funny overlay painting that she at first can't see and the kid i uh, forget his name the, the young kid is like uh, ignore that were you expecting it to be something like way more offensive oh yeah than like a pretty funny picture (laughs) uh yeah for sure i was expecting you know how like on some long haul trucks you'll see driving along the freeway on their mud flaps there'll be like a silhouette of a naked woman or something Mm -hmm. or they'll have some really offensive bumper sticker Mm -hmm. that's what i was assuming was on the wall of this smuggler's spaceship yeah and so when we learn instead that it's just like the the mascots the pet mascots of the ship going to battle very wholesome very wholesome moment they're they're like all embarrassed about it this is awesome this is a fantastic how is this a losing bet like thing this is something that i would have expected them to have like funded like you know purchased a custom painting but it was like a lost bet and they're all embarrassed about it I don't get it. Well, because maybe humor, maybe, maybe humor is like gone a different direction. I think, I think they're embarrassed because they wanted it to be the naked woman on the truck flaps, the mud flaps. Mm. And that's what they covered up with this mural. And so, so they're embarrassed because what they would have chosen, they would have been super into. Mm -hmm. But like you and I, and probably Kira and any other normal person on the ship, we're very into what they have now. Right. Okay. Like, you know there's a pair of truck nuts on the outside of this ship. For sure. Okay, there's one character here that we don't know much about, but 
I'm getting major vibes that are similar to Angela the Herbalist. Oh yeah, from uh, from Aragon. Oh no, it is. It's like for sure a callback. This... In Inare, I think is the name of the the lady with the cat. Uh huh. Big Angela the Herbalist vibes. Well, and the cat is for sure the were cat from the Aragon series. The Do cat... you think that it's actually Solombum? <sighs> Is that how it's pronounced? I think it's got to be because it's too... I, I agree with you. It's too much to be just like a, a throwback. It's too much to just be like, a, hey, these are kind of similar because it was like extremely similar. Like even in how mm-hmm. they were introduced, it was like having a name gives you a lot of power over someone. And it was like, oh, okay, all right. So so here's the Aragon stuff coming in. Yeah, definitely. Great. And then they were like, you can call this cat, I don't remember the name, this name. And that's like Mm -hmm. pretty much exactly how the werecat was introduced in Aragon. It was like, you can call this cat Solombomb, but it goes by many names. And so like, it's gotta be, right? So is it this, we're we're thinking that this is like, uh, this is similar to the Cosmere, where Mm. the stories are all separate, but they're like the same... I guess universe isn't the right word in this context, but like they're connected in mm-hmm. small ways. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with you. It could even be, it's interesting you brought up the Cosmere because it could even be where Angla the herbalist or on Angela or whatever, however you want to pronounce her name is, is like the character in the Cosmere. That's that storyteller that goes around and is, mm-hmm. and pops up in a bunch of different stories because this is kind of the, it's kind of a similar vibe is what I'm getting. She's yeah. like kind of a storyteller and like a lore keeper. Uh, no, yeah. So totally, this is like, this is either it is Angela or it's like a very, very strong reference to Angela. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Do, do you think this like means, it. into it. Do you think this means we're going to find dragons? Oh, because we don't know the timeline of any of this stuff. Is the, okay. Do you think the blue scepter or the blue staff is just like a dragon? <laughs> it's Sephira. I mean, I don't think that it's a, a dragon. Okay. But, I mean, it could be like a, you know, like a, a magic staff. I mean, I am getting, this is one of my notes, that I am getting a very, like, this is a sci-fi book, mm-hmm. but I'm getting very, like, fantasy vibes from some of it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the I mean the suit itself is kind of like, and the way that she's connecting with it mm-hmm. is kind of like uh, we, we, it reminds me of what we just read, Cradle, like mm-hmm. uh, Yaren and her blood shadow. It reminds me of that mm. a little bit. We've got like this this uh, blue staff from this guy or this alien, I guess, who's in like a tower and looks really cool. I, I feel like these are very fantasy vibes. Mm. No, I'm, yeah, I'm for sure with you here, which is why I'm, I just, oh, I'd love to get a dragon somewhere in here, guys. <laughs> I don't think Chris is going to do that to us, but I wouldn't be against it. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what we have to look out for. If our theory is that you can, if, like Angela, go back and forth between these worlds in some way, mm-hmm. We have to figure out who 
from this story, who originated from this story, is actually a character in Aragon. This is a great. This is a great point. This is going to be what we're what we're reading for for the rest of the story. I think. Right. What I we're looking out for. By the end, we need to have at least at least some kind of an answer for who from mm-hmm. this story shows up in Aragon. Okay. Yeah, I'm for into sure. that. I'm into that. How do we feel about this dust? You mean this the suit's poop? Yeah. Is this a situation where pooping is just better and we wish we just had pooping or would we rather have the I, dust? I actually was curious about this because if you're like in your apartment, let's say, and you have this suit on, you're going to you have to clean up dust all the time. Right, you're vacuuming like 3 times a week. It's too much. But you don't have to go to the bathroom at all. I don't know. It's tough. I might go with the dust. Uh, Wasting less water. Yeah, but but then, Luke, you have the, like... Okay. Imagine the conversation you have with someone when some of your dust comes off, and they're like, hey, what is that? And you're like, well, I actually don't have to poop anymore. It just comes off as dust. And they're like, it's in the air. I think I just breathed some of it in. Terrible. This is... I... I would like to leave now. You know what you know what we need to do actually? Why are we not analyzing the dust? Cuz it's just soup. What poop. is it? No, but that would give us a lot of information, would it not? I don't I imagine everybody has analyzed the dust so far, right? I haven't heard anything about it. What is it just like What is it? You know what I mean? Is it dirt? You're, you're saying maybe that maybe this dust has held the key the whole time to what this suit is, and none of the I doctors so. or scientists have thought like, "Hey, this this material that's coming off of this suit, maybe we should analyze it." Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe every for maybe that, everything that is really in dusty. The NMR. <laughs> Put it in the NMR. Oh, Luke. <laughs> what if it's just? What if it's just actually poop that's in dust form? And they look at it and they're like, think, yeah, this I is think just... I that, that would be really interesting. This is just a different form but, of human fecal matter. <laughs> but that would mean that she's still pooping and it's just being dispersed differently. <laughs> Plus, it would smell terrible, Dan. It's not poop. It would smell Maybe terrible. Maybe it's freeze-dried. <laughs> Maybe it's freeze-dried. <laughs> oh, we don't often go off on, like, poop tangents on this show. Right, no, but this one's important. I feel like we do need to we do need to address this though. Yeah. I think it holds the key. Let's let's hold out for for hearing the analysis of it because I don't know if the like doctors have seen her raise a dust storm. Grigorovich Dr. the ship mind has. Dr. Carr has got to have seen it, right? Because she was in that cell for a little while and they definitely fed her, right? Yeah. True. Maybe not, though. Maybe not. You're right. Maybe nobody has seen her poop yet, has seen her dust storm yet. Maybe they all assumed it was just dandruff. They were like, oh, man, we need to get we need to get Kira some dandruff shampoo because this is wild. (laughs) They could have. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think I think we're going to get some some good information from that, though. So ship mines. Mm-hmm. Are apparently just human brains. 
Uh, Did you get that sense? I don't think so. I thought I feel like she says at some point that they are human, but like barely or something like that. Oh, maybe. I thought it was just a really powerful AI that was like Uh, that kind of developed into something that was like a human, but just way smarter. But maybe I'm maybe I'm off here. I think that they are legitimately humans. Oh, no. Okay. Well, which is a little bit. Were, were you really disappointed when she says no to playing Grigorovich's game? Yes, incredibly disappointed. It could be go. anything. Also, yeah, pretty rude. Okay, it's very rude. It's also like you want to bond with this guy, right? I feel like you want you always want to be on good terms with the ship mind. Absolutely, especially one that's like hyper powerful, like. Mm-hmm. You want to be on good terms with not only with the ship mind because it's super powerful, but also you're going to be stuck with it for a while. You want to start that relationship off right. And so at the mm-hmm. very least, instead of no, maybe you say like, hey, I'm really busy right now. Uh, maybe maybe in a, in a couple days when we're on the road, you know? Yeah. But a straight up no, that doesn't, that doesn't leave an open door for that relationship to blossom, you know? No. But then again, uh, this could be the influence of the suit. <laughs> okay, we're not going back oh, to the no. suit, I promise. <laughs> Something that I appreciate that Chris did was that the the ran the ranawi, the ranawi? I'm saying that right. This is the the race of of aliens that the jellies are. And I'm saying it right okay. because there's literally no way to say it. That's true. And I just really appreciated that, Mr. Paolini. That, that there's no pronunciation, you mean? There's no correct way to pronounce it. So, like, mm-hmm. we can say it however we want, Luke. This is, like, the one example out of every single book we've read where when we're... You could have s- said anything. Right, right. I could have made, like, a... <laughs> That's just as right as what I said before. We we can call the aliens Jim if we want to, because there's you can't prove to me that I'm not mispronouncing the, their name. We can call them Lil Paulinis. That's true. <laughs> That's just as right as anything we've said here. That is. That is. It's very interesting that they have a scent-based language. I agree. It's fascinating. It doesn't seem to lend itself well to long-range communication. Well, I mean, I'm assuming that their phones just have, like, <laughs> something that gives off sense. Right, but but with you that... You gotta reload them with your little phone cartridge. <laughs> right, you have, like, essential oils that you have to load into your cell phone every day in order to be able to call people. Yeah, that's it's not bad. We plug our phones into the wall to recharge every day. It's the same thing. Yeah, but I'm not buying the new fall holiday scents to load up what into do you my think phone. That, what do you think that, like, mac and cheese is saying to them? <laughs> I mean, it's probably just saying mac and cheese. It's like a Pokemon. It's not like... It's not like it's giving them some, like, other word. <laughs> It's like a Pokemon. 
Okay, good point. The the things that do have sense are just yelling their name. <laughs> right. Basically. Well, it's like a tree, Luke. What is a tree saying to us by how it looks? It's not it's not like saying any words. No, but it's we just... don't have but we don't have a, a visual based language. Yes we do. I can write down the word tree. <laughs> That's written. You can I think you could say like what is is the tree when it blows in the wind saying okay all right all right then i'm gonna go back to my pokemon thing i think it's just pokemon fair enough i think that that's true i also think it's really sweet that they all start every communication by saying like dan here you're a traitor and a coward and we're gonna destroy you and i just i always hear the beginning of their messages so nice it's just being like hey dan here you want to go to the movies next week? Yeah. I, uh, hmm. It's very, <laughs> I'm assuming that that's not actually how it is. I'm assuming that they just all have their own, like, it's like their own voice. Yes. Right? Like, I can recognize other people's voices. But it is fun to think of it as, like, when they're yelling <laughs> that she needs to die, they open with, like, a very, very casual this is Luke. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of love it. Okay. Okay. Luke, the other thing that's extremely inconvenient, though, about scent-based language is I feel like the cross-contamination would be way worse than with sound. So, of mm-hmm. course, you can definitely have sounds that are so loud they override like two people talking to each other. But there's not that often when I'm walking by somebody's conversation and I can't control me screaming as I walk by. However, maybe I maybe I just had a nice bean burrito with dinner. I let a silent one rip and I'm like, nice, got away with it. And those two people can't finish their conversation anymore. <laughs> that's true because like well okay this is the this is the thing though because mm-hmm. we're we're thinking of it as like our interpretation of scent mm. right because if i if i take a sniff of my coffee in the morning there's a bunch of different compounds that are that are hitting my sensors and together they give me this the scent of coffee. Mm-hmm. Right. So like you would think that things that interfere with that are like going to mess up the communication. But we don't have confirmation that the aliens interpret scents that way. Mm. One thing that I will say, you got to stand pretty close to each other on a windy day. Because <laughs> those those VOCs that I'm smelling are getting pushed away pretty quickly. Right, right, exactly, exactly. It seems so hard, especially in those early stages of an organism developing. It seems so Ooh, how hard. How do you yell? Ooh, is it just a really strong smell, or is it like you add a special scent marker to it? Like, is it like caps lock, or is it just like a really pungent smell? I want to say, I want to say it's magnitude, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. But the question is, 
if I want to, if I want to communicate to someone across the room, but I like in normally I talk louder, right? Am I going to, in this context, am I going to release more or am I going to like release the normal amount and then like blow a little bit so that it goes farther? They've all got little straws that they carry around with them. <laughs> and when they when they release the scents from their glands, they take a little straw and they like, <sighs> they blow it across the room. That's got to be it. Parties have to be so inconvenient for these people, mm-hmm. for these aliens. Because this is just like the cocktail party effect times a thousand, where there's all these scents blowing around. How are you, you going to key in on one? And if you've got an overhead fan in the room because it's a little bit hot, forget it. You're not going to hear anything. Mm-hmm. No way. Um, going to plays, tough. Tough to go to a play and, and really hear it. They've probably got. Maybe gr- this is why. Maybe this is why they're so hostile because they have like no, no cultural outlets. It's, <laughs> it's just murder that they that they use to entertain themselves they're just so angry all the time because they have no hobbies yeah yeah i mean i'm sure i'm sure they've got to be really into hygiene Mm -hmm. like they've got to have a lot of a lot of hygiene tips uh really good at maintaining their skin biome i'll bet it's true Cologne all of a sudden becomes very important, mm-hmm. what you choose. Mm-hmm. So I imagine there's there's a few angles there, but definitely a, a good number of struggles with a scent-based form of communication. That's true. It's I, I don't think it's... I, I think there's a reason why we don't really see it. We don't really see it too much. Mm-hmm. Speaking of having uh, a lot of troubles... Luke, so Kira leaves the wall bird or the wall fish or whatever that ship is called. And Falcone, the captain, he's got to be pretty pleased because before Kira showed up, things were okay. And then Kira showed up and like his crew is getting decimated. Aliens are attacking his ship. She's like kind of threatening him in a subtle way of like, Hey, you should really do what I want you to do. And then he he takes her to where he thinks she needs to go. She gets off the ship. She goes to the USMC ship. He's got to be pretty relieved that like their casualties were so low after that. So so when he gets a message from the USMC ship that she goes to that's like, "Hey, Kira really wants you to come with us." He's got to be, like, getting ready to say no, right? Like, how is it's, it's how is he saying yes to this trip? <laughs> okay. On a certain level, I definitely understand and agree with you. But how are you going to say no to this kind of quest? Uh, because they have not offered him any financial incentive. <laughs> Because this Experience whole the, XP points, <laughs> the whole book he's been like, mm, I'd really love to make a few extra bucks so that I can live comfortably with my crew, with my pirate crew, 
and there's like a alien spaceship that's floating out there full of valuable materials that he could go scavenge. That's not even illegal to go scavenge it, apparently. This is this is the classic move that I can't believe people fall for, where Kyra's like, uh, do this for me and those people will probably give you a lot of money. <laughs> and it's like, why would they do that without a contract or anything? They're not going to. Right. Like, you might be new to this whole, like, piracy and international trade and negotiations thing. But, like, if they can get away with not paying me, they're gonna, for sure. So I'm not I'm not going to do that without payment up front. Right. Also, I'm yeah. a pirate. You gotta, you gotta iron out the details. He's a pirate, Luke. They're all pirates. And I get I get that they they feel some loyalty to humanity and they want to try and save the world. I get that. I do. But there's gotta be a like more suitable crew you can bring along, right? Well, no, apparently, like, normally, yes, but circumstances do not allow for that, right? By, by circumstances, you mean Kira blackmailing the captain of, well, well, of the I ship? Well, I mean that unless they want to wait for people to, like, join up, and if they want to go now, mm-hmm. they have to either go alone or go with the... Uh, wallfish or whatever it's called yes yeah i get that's why i get that's why the usmc wants the wallfish to go that's that's fair i guess but but also there's got to be another captain on that rock right here's here's what i think actually so they're they're like completely out or i don't know about completely but they're very low on fuel and all of the things that they need Mm -hmm. if they take this quest they're getting loaded up on fuel you're saying they could take it and just dip (laughs) okay that they should uh that would be a very smart move they're gonna take the fuel and be like yeah you're not gonna chase us because you have a big important quest to do see ya it's totally what they should be doing. We're going to go scavenge that alien ship over there. Yeah, just like go into your your little like alternate travel universe, but just go a different way. Take a left turn. And then just claim you, you got go. lost. If yeah. they ever catch you again. Oh, our ship mind is a weird dude. Took us a different way because he wanted to get some Dairy Queen. But you guys, you guys found that blue rod or whatever, right? Okay, cool. Nice. Nice. Thanks. Because, like, they're not going to spend the effort no. in this circumstance. No, they can't. They can't. But they did. I think Kyra joins them. Right. It makes it a little more awkward. They could still do it, but it's going to be awkward. And Kyra's like, hey, what happened to the that other ship we were with? Oh, we're taking a shortcut. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just push her out just push her out after that i think you could do it i think it's wild that kira volunteers falcone and his crew to come with us on this mission because they've already sacrificed kind of a lot and you don't know if they're gonna say yes 
And they probably shouldn't say yes. But if there's one thing that that I know about the crew of this ship, it's that they're they're constantly coming up with hot takes. And Kyra can balance them out by being a dumb nerd.